Hey, 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 we are dancing in the discomfort zone today, and we're talking about running. We're talking about sobriety. We're talking about saving money. We're talking about getting back from an injury. And I am welcoming ultra runner Martha Hughes. She's the host of Martha Runs the World podcast, super fun uh, podcast. And we're here today to talk about discomfort and how Martha has embraced discomfort and, and defined her own success so that she could achieve the things she wanted to achieve in her life. So enjoy this phenomenal episode. Happy International Women's Month. And I'm excited to welcome Rachel McKee onto the podcast in a couple weeks. She is celebrating International Women's Day and International Women's Month with a Oracle deck specifically for that. So that's an episode that's coming up soon. But for right now, we are dancing with Martha Hughes. This is a fun episode talking about something that might resonate with you. So enjoy. We are dancing in the discomfort zone today with Martha Hughes in the San Francisco area. Martha, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I was a guest on your podcast, Martha Runs the World, where we had a really fun conversation about running. Um, and, and as we got through that conversation, you were talking about the three years of discomfort that you embraced while you were running and dealing with the hip pain that you had. So tell me that story. Oh my goodness. Yes. That was three years of intense pain. Well, I re didn't realize when it first started, I was doing a, I do this every year. I do this timed race. That's it's you run around a one mile loop and it's a beautiful loop in the Presidio in San Francisco and you get views of the Golden Gate Bridge and the Bay and it's just a gorgeous loop. You can do six hours, 12 hours or 24. I usually do 12 hours or 24. I, I did the 12 hours so I could do a 50K and I was doing a 50K and I, and I started having a pain in my quad, in my right quad. And I thought maybe I had pinched a nerve or something like that. And I didn't know what it was. And I just kind of let it go. You know, I took a couple weeks off afterwards. I got my 50K in, and I took a couple weeks off afterwards because I didn't know what it was. And then eventually I had a 50K, uh, Mount Shasta 50K in Northern California later that in spring. So I went to get it, to get it diagnosed. And I it turned out I have I had arthritis in my right hip and I eventually would need a hip replacement. Well, I asked the doctor, I said, well, can I run a 50K on this? And he said, well, yeah, you can. It might hurt a lot, but you can do it. And I, I did do it and it did hurt a lot, but I did finish <laughs> it. <laughs> and I eventually, I eventually did get my, because of COVID, I was laid off my job, so I couldn't get it. But eventually after getting another position and in another company this past October, I got my hip replacement and I'm out of pain. Thank goodness. But three years of, of pain was not a whole lot of fun. Well, and, and this is a situation <laughs> where you were choosing to go run on it. So had yes. you done less and lived your life less, um, you, you wouldn't have been in so much pain. So talk to me a little bit about that, that decision-making process, right? To say, I'm going to choose this pain because I want to do this thing. Well, yes, because running is my favorite thing in the whole world. So I'm not going to not do something, even if it causes me pain, because I love it so much. I can, I could have sat down and just watched 
TV or stream streaming movies and not done anything, but that's depressing to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I eventually had to stop running and I walked and eventually walking even a block caused so much pain. And, and by that point I had already had my surgery scheduled. I, I realized that, yeah, I got to get it done. So <laughs> I, I couldn't put it off anymore. I got it done. And, and it's funny too, because my orthopedic surgeon who is amazing, he said, Martha, and he's a sports uh, physician. So he understands us athletes, but he goes, Martha, I'm surprised you could even walk at this point. And I said, well, yeah, I am an ultra runner. So he, he, he nodded his head. He goes, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I get it now. <laughs> we could probably cut off the leg with no anesthesia. Like, Can I do a 10k tomorrow? <laughs> it, it's like the Monty Python, you know, it's only a flesh wound. You know? <laughs> so talk to me about that. Talk to me. How did you get into ultra running? Cause an ultra running definition is anything over a full marathon, which is anything over 26 miles. Right. 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 Well, I've all, I've always been a runner since I was in college. I was used to walk a lot. We had, we had a dog and I used to take him out for walks and I just got bored and I started running and I just absolutely loved it. And I didn't know how to do it. This was the eighties. I didn't know how to do it. There weren't any, there was no internet or anything. I didn't know how to do it. I just started running and I just started doing races. At that point I was doing five K's and 10 K's. I did a few halves and halves was okay. I suffered through one marathon and I said, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> and then that time went on and on and I started getting into marathons and things. And then a friend of mine, well, no, not a friend of mine. I, he wasn't a friend yet, but I met him through, uh, through one of the running groups on Facebook. He said, well, why don't you do trails? And I never thought of running on trails. Here I am in San Francisco. We have some of the best oh, trails in the beautiful. world. And I've, been, and I've hiked, I've backpacked, I've hiked and walked on these trails. And I never thought to run on them. I've run on pavement my whole life. And I never thought to run on these trails. That, that's <laughs> how, how my brain has not worked. Okay. But he, but he's, and, and, and he's still a friend of mine. And he, he, he said, well, why don't you do these, these races and I, and See, I don't, I don't own a car. I live in downtown San Francisco. He said, I'll drive you to the race, sign up for it and come out and do a 5k and see what you think. So I went out and did a 5k trail race and I just loved it. Uh, it was the beginning of the end, right? Uh, oh my God. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm sold. And you know, once you start doing trail races, it's like the greatest thing ever. So once you start doing trail races, you don't want to go back. So that was like what, six, seven years ago. And then since then I've just, I've, still do once in a while a road race, but mostly trail races and mostly longer distances. Cause that's what I really like. Right. And so when you say longer distance, how far is that? Only 50 Ks. I haven't gone farther than that because when I wanted started to train for farther than that, my hip problems came in. So ah, I'm, got I'm it. hoping next year I can do my first 50 mile or a hundred K. So hopefully. And just so, so for those of you who aren't familiar with kilometers, a 50 K is 32 miles. So it's, she's saying just, just 32. <laughs> well, it's only a few miles more than a marathon. If you can do a marathon, you can do a few more miles. I think there's something that happens in your brain when you cross a marathon finish line, that suddenly your perspective changes completely. You're like, oh, it's just 32. Because I've said it before myself, 50K is actually my favorite distance. And uh, because you're like, wow, I'm a real badass. And it's really not that much farther than a marathon. <laughs> well, you know, and, and when you're out on the trail, you know, what I love about those longer distances on the trail is that, is that you spend, see, I, I'm not a real big 
joiner group person. So I like doing things on my own. And what I love about trail races is that you spend hours by yourself on the trail. So you can be in a race as long as, as long as there are ribbons there and you see ribbons every, every hundred yards or every hundred feet or so, you know, you're not lost, right? You're still on the, on the right course. You're out there by yourself. And I love that feeling. I just love that being out there spending like two or three hours, not seeing any person until you come to the aid station. It's now, an introvert's dream. <laughs> oh, I love it. Now, now if you're out on the course and you don't see the ribbons, you're you're in deep doo-doos. <laughs> like, uh-oh. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the birds ate the breadcrumbs. I don't know where I am. <laughs> right. I know. It's like, oh my gosh. Now I've never gotten lost, knock on wood, in a race. In training, that's a different story. But in a race, I never have. So yeah. So now you're fighting back and I broke my ankle in July. So from a smaller perspective, I didn't get anything replaced, but I kind of appreciate the difficulty and discomfort of getting back in shape. So when was your surgery and how far along are you on the retraining? My surgery was October 18th. I am walking a lot. My, I work with my physical therapist every week and I told, and she said that if I follow what she says exactly she's the boss if i follow what she says i can start running next month oh great so yeah so we'll see Grant, and is the walking hurting at all no n- not at all and i don't wow. try to push it i did uh i did a 10k walk on new year's eve i had a few hours i i could have gone farther farther but my hamstring got a little tight so i said that's it i'm gonna stop at the 10k that feels yeah. good i'm not gonna push it any farther Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, that'll, that'll be a, an interesting uh, journey back. Cause that's yes. where a lot of people stop where they get out of shape and then they never get back in. Yeah. You know, and this is something that I'm mentally struggling with the discomfort of knowing at one point I could do a marathon with relative ease. I'm not saying fast, but now having spent three months on my butt, not putting any weight on my foot, I then had to, I'm fighting back and to be able to do a 5k is uncomfortable and makes you kind of want to sit on the couch. (laughs) It does. It's really hard. It's not easy. And it's been, it's kind of, it's, it is difficult, but just walking without pain is really fun. Yeah. yeah, Right. And again, it's a matter of perspective. Once you've done 26 miles, six miles, isn't a big deal. Once you've been walking around for three years with a painful hip, (laughs) Anything is better than that. And just doing everyday household chores. I can tie my shoes now. I wasn't able to do that for months. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and it makes you appreciate what you have. Yeah. Well, now, yeah. before we started on the uh, podcast, we were just chatting and you mentioned um dealing with discomfort before you became sober and probably in the process of becoming sober. Have you ever made a connection between your ultra marathon, you know, journey and that discomfort with becoming sober? Not really, because I've been sober for 16 and a half years Uh, and I ran when I was drunk. So being drinking and running really didn't have any kind of correlation. I mean, I've, I've ran when I was drunk. I ran before, after I was sober, it, it running has always been there at both times. I mean, when I was, when I was a drunk, I, I ran, I would drink and then I'd run, I'd run. And then I would drink during running. I would drink after wow. running. I mean, you know, I did the whole things. I, I ran with the hash house, house harriers for a yeah. while. They drink and run too. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. So I I've done it kind of all, but 
yeah i at least i don't ever wake up with hangover anymore ever again <laughs> yeah right so do you think you learned lessons in embracing the discomfort of running that helped you get sober i think so and the fact that well the the one thing that made me get so sober was that the one thing that will make me stop something is when I'm bored that some people get sober because of one event. I got sober because I was bored. I hate being bored. I had a lot of bad things happen to me when I was drinking. That didn't, that didn't stop me. Huh. I woke up one day and I said, you know, I am bored to tears with this. I'm stopping. So that's when I, that's what made me stop. Huh. And that, that took you through completely stopping. How was that process? Well, the first year was really uncomfortable and I worked very closely with my sponsor and with AA, but after mm -hmm. that, it was pretty, it's, I mean, I don't even think about drinking anymore because it's just not a part of my life. Now, if I could stop eating so much, <laughs> that would be okay. Next step, put down the dilly bars. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, but that's, this is the thing that I had a challenge with when I was running distance, you can eat anything you want and it just falls off on the trail. Right. But then the pandemic hit and uh -huh. I wasn't running much and I wasn't running around airports and, and, you know, traveling for my job. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard when you get older. It really is. It really is hard. And when you start working out and running, you, your hunger gets up. So it's all this vicious circle. It's just yeah. nasty. <laughs> Yeah. Right. It's all the challenges. Yes, it is. But you know, Hey, it's okay. I'd rather have that challenge than, than not being able to do anything at all. So I'm yeah. good with it. It's yeah. okay. Absolutely. So where do you think you got the fortitude to embrace all of this discomfort? Where does it come from? Uh, oh, wow. Well, I take after my dad, who is extremely stubborn. So maybe it's the Hughes gene. I don't know. <laughs> it's genetic. <laughs> Probably. I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I, I don't like to stop something. If I'm, if I'm doing something I love, I don't like stopping it. Yeah. Yeah. And so despite the discomfort and despite the pain, yeah. I just want to do it especially if it's something like if I found something that I like to do, especially like running and it's not hurting me, I, I like it. I want to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And it is such a good feeling. I always say, I'm, and I think we talked about this on your podcast. You said, when did you find out that running was so much fun? And I was like, I haven't yet. <laughs> you know, I know. And that, that like shocked me. It's like, huh? <laughs> but I like stopping running. Like after it's done, you feel amazing. Right. So I don't necessarily do it for the during, but I do it for the after that feeling of accomplishment, that endorphin rush, and that feeling like, yeah, I can sit on the couch and eat some potato chips right now. Cause I earned it. Yeah, but I could take you to places that are so beautiful, you would enjoy the, the journey itself. You know, and you're not wrong because I, I don't remember who I was running with. Oh, Wendy, somebody I worked with at uh, Under Armour. She mm -hmm. lived in San Francisco mm -hmm. and we went up north across the bridge into this gorgeous, I don't know, remember where it was, but into this absolutely beautiful forest. And I remember being just blown away by yeah. how pretty it was yeah. and how good it felt just to, to run through it.
Yeah, like uh, probably up by Mont Temple Pius. Or if I took you up to the Sierra Nevadas and I took you on the Pacific Crest Trail up there and 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 a lot of it is walking because you're going uphill at, you know, 7000 feet. So you're going to walk. Yeah. And you yeah, walk up I and am. you walk up there. Yeah, I am, too. I, I always walk. I save my energy. I'm going to hike uphill. Yeah. So, sure. And you go up to this gorgeous mountains and it's just so beautiful up there. I like yeah. Tahoe. It just it blows you out of the water that you get to be up there and, and hiking and, and running. Right. And there's no better feeling to me. Yeah. And, and the discomfort almost is earning that view. Like you couldn't get there with a moped. You couldn't get there with a scooter. You got to get there by hiking or running. Right. And I love what you just said a minute ago, where you said, hey, I conserve my energy. I run the, I walk the hills, right? Yep. yep. I think one of the things about embracing discomfort and picking things that aren't always comfortable, like running, is that you pick what success means for you, mm -hmm. you know, and, and while there may be times on the trail where you feel like garbage or you hate this hill or whatever, you decide the level of challenge that you're going to take on. And I think that's important as we're wading through discomfort, looking at what our options are. Oh, exactly. I'm, I'm a back of the pack runner. I know I am. And, and, but I'm also not stressed out that I'm going to, I'm rushing to finish because I know that I'm going to be in the back. So I'm going to enjoy it. I think we talked about that too. Yep. I'm going to stop and take a picture. I'm just going to do that. And I'm going to enjoy my time out there. Yeah. Yep. And, mm -hmm. and somebody else might be like, you're crazy. You're out there to race. And it's like, cool. That's your definition of success. Yep. Great. Awesome. Go for it. I'm mm -hmm. not, I'm not interested in the discomfort of trying to go fast. Cause I, yeah. and the reason I laughed were you saying back of the pack, cause I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now I might be chasing cutoff times and that's kind of stressful. Yeah. It's always kind of stressful, <laughs> yeah. but, but if I can make those cutoff times and still take a couple pictures, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I find myself in, in a lot of the longer races calculating, okay, if I were to walk 15 minute miles for the rest of the race, I'd make the cutoff. Okay. I got to go 14 minute miles for the rest of the race and then I'll make the cutoff. <laughs> like this is where my math comes in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. And we all become expert mathematicians at that yeah. point. Yep. And, and it's, and that's exactly what it is where I say options. When I talk about embracing discomfort, part of that is looking at options and looking at how, you know, how you want to embrace that discomfort. And when you look at those options and say, okay, cool, I can walk the rest of this race and that's fine with me. You know, it's going to be uncomfortable anyway. Here's the level and how I want to execute this. And I think that's an important lesson for any discomfort is what are my options? Yes, yeah. I agree. I agree. I think that we have to choose What's it's a, if it's important for us to get a PR, if it's important for that, that's one thing. But if we want to go out there and just have fun, make the cutoffs and not kill ourselves to, to do it, that's fine too. Yeah, exactly. It's your, it's your life. You do mm -hmm. you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I've found that with ultra running, once you've know that you can, it's a mental game. Mm -hmm. And, and so I don't have a, I don't think you fighting back. Yes. You're going to have to get uncomfortable. Yes. You're going to have to run the miles and put them in and they're not going to be that fun all the time, but I have no doubt that you're going to be pretty comfortable getting back to that, that ultra distance. So what in your future do you see where you're going to have to embrace some new discomfort? 
just getting back the distance. I mean, mm. just, just getting into it and not going out, going too fast and not doing too much too soon. I yeah. think that's, that's what's going to be my, the difficult part because I, I want to do, I want to go longer than I have, but I have to be careful not to get too excited and do too much too soon and get injured. That's going right. to be the, 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 the real, um, the real trick. Yeah. It's the restraint, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I have no restraint, so it's kind of hard for me. <laughs> it's that stubbornness. You're going to have to watch I, out I, for. I know. I know. I, I, I jump into things and then think about it later. Was I, should I have done that? I don't know. <laughs> I've always called myself a build the plane as we fly kind of person. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. You're landing gear. You're like, I'm good. I'll just drop me off 20 miles away. I'll just Ex run home. <laughs> exactly. I learn as I go. Some yeah. people, some people there, there's different type of type of learnings. I I'm not a business person. I mean, I, I, I don't like, you know, business things, you know, I worked in businesses. That's why I kind of like working at urgent care because they don't, because the people I work with are medical people. They don't, they don't, they don't have this mindset, but when I worked in businesses, they always have these, these little things are what type of learner are you? Are you a visual learner? Are you this type of learner? You're this type yep. of learner. And I'm, I'm a hands-on learner. So I learn as I go. I, I have to learn by doing. So yeah, do it, mess it up, learn from it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's the time of learner I am. So if I'm not doing it, I'm not really learning it as well as I could. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. Any discomforts you see coming up outside of running? Uh, it's well, um, I have to, I'm trying to save money. So it's mm. really hard not to be, not to spend money on things that I don't need. That's a real yeah. big challenge in my life because saving money, I, I like to spend money. Spending money is fun. Oh, we're really good at that. I know. I, I, <laughs> I get very much. So I'm trying not to spend money on things that I think I need, but I don't really need. So mm. if I think I need something, oh, I really like that that running book looks really cool i should buy it but then i wait i try to wait like a few days like three days do i really need it and then i ask myself for three days before i buy it and if i don't need it after three days then i don't buy it so i'm trying to use that kind of philosophy and it's, it's worked pretty good so far so we'll see that's awesome and it's similar to fighting your way back to running it's not letting today's comfort get in the way of tomorrow's goals Right, right. Right. Today's comfort mm -hmm. would be not mm -hmm. going out for the run. Today's comfort would be buying the running book because it's fun. Yeah. But tomorrow's goals are not met by building, by succumbing to today's comfort. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's this, and it's kind of, for me, a lot of people, I, I've become pretty good at paying off my bills. I I'm, have a really good credit rating, which I never have before in my life. <laughs> and, and, and that's not natural for me. So it's kind of, I've gotten kind of used to it. So for me, putting money away and saving is, is not the most natural thing, tendency for me. So this is something that I've had to teach myself. So I really have to be conscious and, and have, a, there's a lot of discomfort in that. So I have to consciously tell myself, okay, you're not you don't have to go to Trader Joe's. Why are you going to Trader Joe's? You don't have to go there today. You have plenty of food at home. Don't go there. <laughs>
I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing and being vulnerable about this because it's, you know, again, like it's uncomfortable and these are real life things, whether it's getting a degree or applying for a new job or saving for a house, that endurance, you know, is sometimes uncomfortable and it's similar metaphor to running. Sure. It is. It is everything. I think everything that we need to do that's important is is uncomfortable. And if we get comfortable, if we figure out, if we tell ourselves, oh, this is comfortable, then we have to ask ourselves, what are you putting off? Because things shouldn't be so comfortable. Really, we can't be too comfortable because there's a new challenge or a new adventure that awaits you. And we really shouldn't be too comfortable until we're like sleeping in the grave, really. (laughs) That's true. So I saw something on social media the other day that said, you know, life isn't about arriving at the grave perfectly preserved. It's about skidding in sideways, you know, on the last in last like legs of your body, you know, exactly. Exactly. What is I want to go to the grave with my body worn out, not beautifully preserved. Exactly. 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 Martha, I think we're the same person. I know. (laughs) Separated at birth. Yes, right. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and sharing your discomfort with us. I'm, I'm excited to hear how your recovery goes and uh, getting back and watching you finish that 50 miler. You are very welcome. And thank you so much for having me on. This is so much fun and good luck. I, I can't wait to listen to your show today on my walk to my uh, personal, to my physical therapist. Nice. And you know what? This is, I love that. And last thing. I love that you just said that your walk to the physical therapist and that you don't have a car, but being able to take those steps as part of your recovery too, right? You could take the bus, you could grab an Uber, but you're like, Mm -hmm. this is part of my recovery. I'm going to walk to my PT. So that's awesome. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, best of luck with it. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Dancing in the Discomfort Zone with Martha Hughes, talking about running, coming back from injury, saving money, all these discomforts that oftentimes, especially as we get a little bit older, start to stop us. And so the question that you need to ask yourself is, is there something you're stopping yourself from doing just because it's uncomfortable? Stopping yourself from getting back to just because it's uncomfortable. So uh, see if there's something that maybe you could try what Martha's doing, add a little bit of patience, add some smaller steps to help you get back to where you're going. I've got a half marathon in about uh, three weeks and uh, it's time to get on the horse. So we'll see how that goes. But that's been my challenge to get myself back. So I challenge you, think about that. What could you make a little bit more manageable so that you can dance in that discomfort zone and find that thing you really want to do. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next week.